Okay, so welcome back again. We're holding by part three. Last week, we basically went through a sugya, a little bit about self-esteem and uh, how a person has to learn to open up himself to allow others into his world. A very, very important uh, topic. This week, Be'ezus Hashem, we're going to be starting probably one of the most powerful topics. It's a topic that everybody knows. It's a topic that everyone's familiar with. But it's a topic that we have to continue to discuss again and again. It's a topic that I've discussed before. We did a vad with the third year boys last month. It's a very, very important topic. Something which is going to be crucial for every relationship you ever have. Obviously, uh, including a wife especially. So maybe we'll start with the Hagdama before we talk about the actual idea, which we'll get to. And the Hagdama goes like this. The Chazanish was written... Somebody wrote the Chazanish a letter. And it was a husband in his very first year of marriage. And uh, he was asking the Chazanish various questions about Shalom Bayes and various different directions. The Chazanish wrote the following in a letter to this man. And he said, The nature of women is to derive pleasure from the amount of, fl- of favor that she finds in her husband's eyes. And she is constantly trying and seeking to achieve this favor. And therefore, said the Chazanish, it's an absolute obligation, it's a chiv, for him to show her love through closeness, through conversation, through expressions of v'cholei v'cholei. Now, this is something which we know that every individual needs to develop a sensitivity when it comes especially to his wife to understand what exactly she's looking for, what does she need, whether it's a note in the morning, whether it's a phone call in the middle of the day, whether it's a bunch of flowers, whether it's a box of chocolates, whatever. Each person has to know his own personal relationship that he has. The stipler has a letter. The stipler writes in Egeres HaKodesh the following. The stipler says that um, this idea of giving your wife this satisfaction, this pleasure of the favor that she finds in your eyes, is so important, he calls it the most essential hope of a woman, and he calls it nefesh. That means if a woman doesn't feel it, doesn't have it from her husband, it's nefesh, and that's why a person, a husband specifically, has to work very, very hard to make sure that he's able to express this, understand the needs of his wife, and therefore give her what she needs to be able to feel satisfied in this area which we will discuss. There was, um, I had a couple once in therapy, and uh, they were sitting there, and the therapist was going through the various, you know, what, what the problems are. And he says to the husband, you know, do you love your wife? So the guy's like, yeah, sure, of course I love her. So she perks up and said, well, you've never told me this since we got married. He's like, listen, I told you this 18 years ago when we got married. If anything changed, I'll tell you. But there's no reason they're telling you otherwise, right? But it's a problem. It's a problem because as human beings, we all like to hear things. I'll tell you, Moedek HaMaisa, um, we know was the uh, Rashiv of the Hebron, and uh, this is the 1920s. He was sitting, standing in the middle of the Bismedrash giving a drasha. And in walked uh, a little bit of an interesting fellow. It wasn't 100% there. And this fellow walks right up to the bimmer, and the Roshiva standing there, claps on the bimmer, and he says, Rabbi Chasman is the greatest Yid in the generation, the God Ladar, the biggest Hamad Chacham, the greatest Onov. And he started listening his praise until eventually they realized this is a bit of a chutzpah, the Roshiva speaking. So they basically pulled him out and got rid of him. Afterwards, Rabbi Yudhari of Chasman said that, um, I can't tell you how much 
this little speech that this man gave was music to my ears. I enjoyed every moment of it. Now, Ibn Khasma didn't need any compliments from anybody. He understood who he was. He understood his position. But he also understood that he's a human being. And as a human being, a human being has to feel justified, has to feel like he has a place. There is a Me'irian Soita. The Me'irian Soita of Allah from a base brings down that a woman prefers to receive less parnasa, less money from her husband, and rather more attention from her husband. That's more important than all the money that he can bring in is the attention that he gives her. In fact, the Gemara of Metziah brings down very clearly that when the Malachim came to visit Avraham Avinu, they came to visit Avraham Avinu and they highlighted the idea that Sarah, Avraham's wife, was tremendous sonua, she was not in the middle of everything, on the corner over there, behind the curtain, whatever it may be. And that was an important thing of, of showing Avraham Avinu who his wife was. In fact, Rebelli Lopian once said over that when he was learning in Kelm, Rebelli Lopian learns in Kelm, when he learned in Kelm, he didn't understand how Reb Simcha Zissel, the Shiva of Kelm, was with his wife, could, could take the strain of not only having the burden of the family, but she also held the entire financial responsibility as well. And he didn't understand. Rebelli Lopian said, I didn't understand. How could Simcha Zissel's wife, how could, he, how could she have that responsibility? How could she do it with such Simcha, with such Ava? How was it? It must be that when you realize your husband's the god of so I guess you take on things and you manage to cope with them. Rebelli Lopian said that wasn't that. He realized one time on a Friday night, he was there during the Suda, he was there during the meal, and he found out the real reason why Rebbe Simcha Zissel's wife was happy with watching God. And he, and he understood, and he said as follows. He said, Rebbe Simcha Zissel used to comment after every bit of the food, Ah, Rebbe said, this is gewaldic, this is so delicious, this is so nice. And when Rebbe Lopin understood that to be that when a person praises his wife, and she realizes, and she hears it. Now, by the way, just to put into apprentices, or maybe not, maybe to put into highlights, a big bold, men have a big problem with this. Men have a big problem expressing their feelings. Men very often will say, what do you mean? Of course I love my wife. Of course I love her food. She's amazing. She's wonderful. And you'll ask them, well, did you ever tell her that? No, I didn't, I didn't tell her. But I know it. I think it. It's wonderful to think it. And it is. But if you don't express that, that is the problem. And that's something that you have to realize. That's why it's so important. The morale in Prokiovus. Mishnah Tezvav and Perik Allah brings down that he says that the main characteristic of people is to examine if other people are actually appreciating what they're doing. Says the Marel, we all want appreciation. We all want to know that we're appreciated. We all want to know that people like us, that people respect us, that people agree with what we're doing. And therefore, a person says to Shittimukubetsas in Ksubas Tafyudzain, says the Shittimukubetsas that a person wants that everyone should praise him just like a color gets praised. So Rabbi Say, we see for me, and this is just, I'm just using this as a little bit of an introduction, how important this middah is to try and instill within you to make sure that you start to learn it already now. Don't wait until you're married and then say, okay, man, when I get married, you know, I'll figure it out, I'll play, I'll, I'll send notes, I'll make a phone call in the middle of the day. It's, it's, it doesn't just happen from day to day. It's something that has to be worked on already now, even in a small way. Whether it's with your roommate, whether it's your chavrusa, whether it's with your parents, whether it's your sibling, whoever it may be, start learning to express Start learning to express the gratitude that you have for others. And when you learn that this becomes a part of who you are, it changes the way you think. And obviously, it will change the marriage and the relationship that you have. Studies have told us that people are not inborn with gratitude. People are not born automatically with with the middle of gratitude. In fact, if you look at a baby, 
every baby is born mamish faket with the opposite way around. A baby, as we know, will always have a, you know, is born with his hands closed. Any baby will try to grab hold of whatever they can and pick it up and put it into their mouth. Every baby wants everything. And there's a reason for that. Because if a baby wouldn't have that wonderful midah of I want, I want, I want, then a baby would not be able to learn and grow in the amount that it does in the first few years of its life. Whether it's from walking, whether it's talking, whether it's doing all the things that a baby does at such a young age, right? A baby learns more in the first few years than the first, than, than, than 20 years after that, right? Why? Because they have this meter that I want, I want, I want, which is very, very good and they need to be born with that. And that's the reason why the Rebunshan put them in the world in that way, so that they will learn and be able to advance in that way. However, the problem is when we don't actually graduate from that. And we stay with that same midah as a baby, as a child of I want, I want, and it's coming to me, and it's go- and it, it belongs to me, and it's coming my way. Therefore, we don't develop an idea of gratitude of our Korosatoy. Now, um, studies in the psychology world were made that any person with gratitude, any person that's worked on the midah of gratitude of our Korosatoy is an automatically happier person. Now, if you're a happier person, can you imagine what your home will look like and what your relationship will look like? If you are a happier person, you make a ha- you are a happier spouse, and therefore you make for a happier relationship. And a person has gratitude in his life, it means he understands that whatever he has, he has to be grateful for, he's happy with that, therefore he expresses that, and therefore he becomes a happier person. Now, one of the things that we have to learn to graduate from it's as follows. People think HaKorosatoy gratitude is, well, if someone does something for me, so I'll do something back. They do something nice for me, so I'll reciprocate. And I will do something nice back for them, which is wonderful. But that's all one-sided. What we have to learn to do is take gratitude and turn it into a mindset. To turn it into something that becomes part of who we are and how we act. Now, the difference between if gratitude is a paying back for someone that someone does something good for me, or if gratitude is a mindset, is as follows. If it's just the way you act when someone does something for you, so if they don't do anything for you, or you think that they'll do it for me anyway, or they're getting paid, I've heard that one before, they're getting paid, so what's the big deal? So then gratitude doesn't exist. Because what do you mean? They're getting paid, or they need to do it for me, and isn't that their job? Isn't that what they're meant to be doing? It's coming my way anyway, and therefore I have no gratitude. But if gratitude is a mindset, if we take it to something to understand that this is how we're going to live our lives, this is how we're going to practice, and we'll, we'll, then what happens is you look for ways to give people gratitude. You look for ways for, to notice the good in your life, to understand the goodness that you have, and to comment on it, to talk about it, to mention it. I mentioned before, when I gave the, 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 the VAD on the third years, so you mentioned this idea of having... Um, an idea of writing it, right? The Maral famously says that the more senses you use for something, the more likely it's, it's koveya, it's sort of ingrained within you. So it's all very nice to say it, but when you write it, it gets even more because you get to see it and you get to, you know, you, so you feel the pen or the keyboard and you, you hear it as well sometimes if you say it the same thing at the same time. The more you say something, the more uh, gratitude you put within you, and that's how important it is. Now, the makar for gratitude is obviously from the Torah, and obviously from Adam and Chava. We know that Adam did the first Avera, and the Rebbeinu is saying, Adam Rishon, what are you doing? So, Adam Rishon turns around and says, well, it's not my fault, it's my wife. You gave me her, she made me do the Avera. What does Rashi say? That's the first Rashi that we find to be this idea. Rashi says, can kofa betoiva. There's, there's a problem. There was fear betoiva. That means, they did, Adam Rishon didn't recognize the toy that he had in his life. He missed out on that gratitude. And because of that, that caused him to say, well, it wasn't my fault, it was somebody else's fault. Another great example 
example is obviously Bikurim. Bikurim is the example that the farmer would take the first fruits, come up to Yerushalayim. Again, as an expression of a Korosat Toiv to the Rabboni Yerushalayim. Another example would be the Korban Toida that we bring when something good happens to us. Kibbedovein, the Chinuch says, another beautiful example of a Korosat Toiv to our parents and in turn to the Rabboni Yerushalayim. But one thing we have to understand, people think that gratitude, Hakoros is for the other person. In other words, I'm going to express my Hakoros for you, that you will gain from it. But we don't realize, and we see this clearly from the Torah, that that's not the case. That the Makor of gratitude actually is really for us. Where do we see that from Moshe Rabbeinu? Moshe Rabbeinu, as we know, when he was sent by the Rabboni Shalom to go down to Mitzrayim and go and be Golisot, to get Kalisot out of the Golis, out of Mitzrayim, and to be them to free them, so what happened was, there were ten makas. The first three makas, as we know famously, Moshe Rabbeinu did not do himself, he did it through Aaron Akayim. Right? Yes, he was told, but he was told, give the staff to Aaron to smite the, the Nile, right, in order that it turns into blood. Why couldn't, for example, uh, our Moshe Rabbeinu do it himself? The answer was simple, because he was saved from that. That was the Nile that saved him when he was a little baby in the, in the, in the basket over there. And therefore, since he was saved, Hakoros HaToyim. Now, one second, the Nile will not feel the difference if Moshe or Aaron hits it, right? What's the difference? The, the Nile doesn't have any feelings. The Nile doesn't know. And my, we see from there that Hakoros HaToyim is for us. It's not meant for anybody else but ourselves. And that is the aside of, of what we're saying over here. What we're saying over here is that people are looking for justification. And it's a middle that we have to work on now. It's a middle that we have to start working on to be curvey within us that it turns into a mindset. We turn into a situation that we're looking constantly, positively, for people that are doing good in our lives so that we can tell them. You know, I remember a fellow calls me up from a radio station in America about something separate. And he started telling me a bunch of stories. One story he told me was, that uh, he was a, he's a driver in America of some of the biggest speakers, the big Jewish speakers that go around. His job in his area is to drive them around when they come in for speeches. And he was once driving Rabbi Pesach Kron, and uh, he gave a speech. And as he was getting into the car, someone came over and said, Rabbi Kron, that was an incredible Joshua. That was um, so inspirational. It was amazing. Such chizik. Thank you so much. And Rabbi Kron said, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And he got into the car. He turned to Rabbi Kron. He said, tell me something. Doesn't really make a difference. Like, come on, you're the, you're the one of the biggest speakers in the world. Like, everyone gives you comments and everyone says you're amazing. Does, does, do you really feel like anything when someone thanks you? Says you should know it means the world to me. When someone says thank you, when someone says I appreciate what you said, when someone says that was a great speech that gave me a lot of chizuk, even him who gets it all the time, who's so used to it, who knows his his his, his own koichas needs that valid validation. It's a very important thing. Your wife says the stipler needs it. Beget it bekuach nefesh. Bikuach nefesh means it's a shail of life and death. If she doesn't getting it from doesn't get it from her husband, she will probably look for it elsewhere, and that's very very dangerous. And therefore, Rabbi Sai, every husband has to know, and every person has to know, and this applies in all relationships in life in general, whether it's your roommate, whether it's your parent, whether it's your sibling, your rebbe, your teacher, anyone, that everyone looks for validation. It's important to express it. We may think it, we may feel it, but we don't express it. Is something that we have to learn to do. It's an incredible and most powerful tool. Revolver, recently people asked me, how long is, how long is uh, Shana Rishayna nowadays? How long is Shana Rishayna? Right? Maybe they're looking for a head to not go to night say that, I don't know. How long is Shana Rishayna? So Revolver, Zatzal, used to say that the definition of Shana Rishayna is the definition of the amount of time it takes for your wife to know that you love her. However long that takes for your wife to know that you love her. He says it's between three and five years. 
That's what it is. Somewhere between three and five years for her to know that you love her. At that stage, that's already, you finish your Shalom Rishon, and now you can move on. Not that you don't have to be respectful, not that you don't have to compliment. Of course, you do that continues your entire lifetime. But the idea of the Shalom Rishon and knocking in the base side, the extra sensitivity, whatever it may be, you've got until you get to that stage. People underestimate the value of a compliment. People underestimate the value of their own personal thank you to someone. They think, what's the big deal? You think he cares if I say thank you? You think it makes a difference to him if I say that was a great speech, or that was a great supper, or that was a great anything? No. It does. It makes a big difference to everybody. Your wife says the stipler needs it more than anyone else, more than anything else in the world, more than your panosa, more than the money you bring in. Nothing. You know, just for an example, imagine you walked into the house, a very busy businessman, and uh, you realize that you come in late, and your wife's like, oh, I've made you a supper. So you're like, ah, I haven't got time for supper. I've got a meeting in 10 minutes. I've got to get changed and run out to the meeting. And you remember, in your pocket, you bought her a nice a nice diamond necklace. So you just throw it on the table. I bought you a necklace. And she's like crying her eyes out. Like, I understand. I spent a fortune on this necklace. I don't get it. It's a beautiful diamond necklace. You've been waiting for this. The answer is she doesn't want that. She wants you. She wants that relationship. She wants that connection. I'm going to say something which none of you will realize now, but you may experience. I heard this when I was a bacha. And he said as follows, he said, sometimes a woman will call you back into the house or into the room after you've already left the room. And you're out, you're halfway out or you've just closed the door. Just one more minute. And you're like, could you not have told me inside? You know what that is? I'll tell you what that is. She wants connection. And you're about to leave and she senses that you're leaving. Even if you're just going out to go to the store to buy something. But she senses that you're leaving. She wants that connection. And it's that last moment that she could just, just one more thing. It's a beautiful thing, but we have to hook onto it. We have to realize what it is. We have to realize the power of what we have to compliment, to praise, to say thank you. Women are dependent on it, and it's the greatest tool that you can use in your marriage. You use this, you become a bocky in this, you become an expert in this, you will have the greatest relationship. That is guaranteed. How many women complain? That their husbands don't say thank you, don't appreciate them, don't appreciate anything they do. I'm just a maid over here. What do I do? What do, I just, what do you marry me for just to do the laundry and do the washing up? You don't appreciate me. Now, it could be in our heads we do appreciate them, but we don't express it. And that is something we need to learn now. On a small level, to our roommates, to our friends, to our chavrusas, to our parents, whatever it may be, learn to express our satoiv, learn to have gratitude, look for it in your life. And I'll just end with one last thing. There was a principle in a school that um, just that uh, had a teacher who just didn't make the bar. Just it wasn't working, so she had to do something she wasn't very comfortable doing. And she fired the teacher. Teacher wasn't very happy about it, but you know what can you do? Years and years later, this teacher called up the principal, and the principal answered, and it was the teacher. Oh wow! I haven't heard from you for years. Everything okay? What's going on? So the teacher said, "Listen, I want to tell you something." Uh, when you fired me, that was the worst thing possible. It was my first teaching job. I was so excited I could finally be a teacher. It was my lifelong mission and aspiration. And you, you completely shut down the whole thing. And that was it. I, I was crushed. I was completely crushed. So much so that I, I got depressed. We had to move out of town. My husband lost his job. We had to go somewhere else. We didn't have a house, a mortgage. And she started to list all of the things. And the principal was like, it became more and more uncomfortable as the conversation was going. Like, well, where are you going with this? So the teacher started continuing. And she said, well, I'll be honest with you. I started a teacher's training course. I really want to learn how to be the greatest teacher in the world. So I started a course on how to become the best teacher. And one of the assignments that we have to do is to write about the person that we hate the most. Therefore, I'm calling you. Right? That's what she said. The principal was like, whoa, okay. 
So then she continued this teacher, and she said to the principal, but the next assignment we were given was to find ten things, find ten things that were actually good about that person. And I started to think, in the beginning I was like, no, 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 that person is horrible, they fired me, I can't believe it, my job, I had to move location, houses, kids, everything was terrible. Until I realized, hold on a minute, I do remember though, when I first came into the area, so you brought in a cake on Erev Shabbos, which I thought was so nice. And then I remember when I first came into the school, you welcomed me in, and you said, you know, welcome to this new teacher. And she started to list, and she saw more and more things that ultimately she realized that the teacher did good for her. When she saw that, she said, I want to thank you very, very much. What you did for me was ultimately the best thing for me because it caused me to retrospect, to understand where my place is in life and obviously go to this course and become who I'm Mitzvah going to become. But that's the idea. The idea is sometimes we have to look deep. Sometimes we have to look beneath the surface and see the wonderful things that we have in our lives. When you're married and you have a wife that loves you, that cares about you, that does so much for you, sometimes you have to remember these things and you have to concentrate on them and think about them all the time so that you cannot only think them, but you can also express them. Mr. Shem, next week, brand new topic.